I've been training my mind since I was a teenager to take negative events and look for the blessings and the lesson and what life throws at me. So that is definitely a practice. And that is a gift that I'm going to give your listeners today. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. Are you overworked and overwhelmed, ready to transform from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant? Well, today's guest is Rebecca Whitman, and she empowers women through her seven pillars of abundance. Rebecca is known as the Magnetic Abundance Mentor, and she's also a client of ours and a good friend. So today we're going to learn about Rebecca's story and all about her seven pillars. So if you're looking for abundance, you are in the right place. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. Love you guys. Love you too. Happy to have you on. You bet. You bet. So for those of you who don't know this, like Rebecca was in our mastermind program the first quarter of this year, and we just fell in love with her. Like we loved her before she came in, and then we got to know her even more, and you're going to love her. If we ever have a guarantee on a podcast, we guarantee you'll love Rebecca Whitman <laughs> Almost as much as we do. Yes. <laughs> That's the Southern charm for you. I'm very kind. I received that. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Let's just start by telling us a little bit of your story, Rebecca, because as we said in the intro, you work with overworked and overwhelmed women and burned out women. How did you get started on that and why? Yeah, I, you know, it blows my mind that I was rated life coach of the year because I never wanted to be a life coach. I moved to LA 20 years ago to pursue my dream of being an actress. And I had a lot of free time because I had really small parts on really big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24. And with my free time, I studied with great spiritual teachers, people like Abraham Hicks, Michael Beckwith, Wayne Dyer. And they taught me a lot about how to manifest through the law of attraction. And I did great. I was able to make six figures working part time. The one area of my life that kicked my butt was my romantic life. And I had a series of really painful breakups. I kept choosing emotionally unavailable men and I forced one of them to marry me. <laughs> not at some point, but I, just, you know, I worked it. And he was not the right person to marry. He was a you know, a fine guy, but just not the type of person that worked well as a husband for me. And we fought a lot. And eventually I filed for divorce. And as I filed for divorce, my dad was dying at the same exact time. In one of my last conversations with my dad, he said, Rebecca, I really want you to write something. I don't care if it's a book, an essay, a magazine article, or a blog, but you have a very unique worldview. And my dad was buried on a Wednesday. My divorce was finalized on a Friday. A few months later, I was sitting in my financial planner's office and he's like, Rebecca, you've lost a lot this year. You lost a marriage, you lost your beloved dad, but yet you're having your best fiscal year ever. I think you should write a book and empower other women to do what you're doing and to be resilient. So I wrote a book. It's called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. And in the book, I divided life into seven key areas. I call them my seven pillars of abundance. They are spirituality, fitness, emotions, romance, mental, social, and financial. And when you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you can get through a divorce. You can get through the loss of a beloved parent. You can manifest six or seven or even eight figures working part-time. So that's what I am now 
teaching women. I'm empowering women who are overworked and stressed out to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant and living life in these seven pillars of abundance. That is awesome. A beautiful encapsulated story. You, the, you nailed that. I mean, absolutely nailed that. And, you know, the backstory for the listener that is really important that we're speaking to today, we actually met Rebecca when we were on her show, her podcast. Remember that, Rebecca? That's how we first got, you know, connected together. And I didn't even realize about the acting career. I just knew that you were in L.A. for like 20 years, but, you know, a lot of different reasons to go to L.A. And so I didn't even realize that. So I learned something new story this time too even though we've known you so that's pretty awesome yeah 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 the key takeaway right there i guess is you know taking such negativity that we all face in life and we all are handed those obstacles right but then learning how to turn positive turn that into positive i mean and that's the greatest trait that anybody could learn and you have perfected a way to teach people to do that i think that's incredible Thank you so much. I met a woman when I was 19 years old at a 12-step meeting. Her name was Janet, and she gave me this journal format, and she's like, just write a journal like this every day. She called it a God journal, and it literally trained my mind to turn negative into positive and reframe everything, and that is a gift that I'm going to give your listeners today at the end, but that is part of it, as I've been training my mind since I was a teenager to take negative events and look for the blessings and the lesson and what life throws at me. So that is definitely a practice. So thank you for recognizing that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question for you, which might take us in a little bit different direction, but I'm curious. So in this world today of craziness of social media and everything else that's going on, I look at the relationships and I think, oh my gosh, we've gotten so far away from each other as human beings since the pandemic for sure, but we weren't even really headed in the good direction before the pandemic. We were just so disconnected because social media, even though it's wonderful to keep in touch with people and learn about people, it's not exactly face-to-face, -face, right? So what would you advise, let's say if you're a young person, you know, maybe in your 20s and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to start a relationship. Well, obviously in our 20s, we don't always make the best decisions because we don't have the experience right. yet. We don't have the wisdom. We don't know all these things. And we're certainly not listening to our parents, right? So <laughs> we've already made those mistakes. <laughs> but what would you advise somebody? Where would you advise them to start to find the right person? Asking for a friend, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the biggest lessons that I learned through a lot of painful mistakes in my 20s is not to be intimate with someone unless you're in an exclusive relationship. I would say that would be the first Advice I would tell someone, just because you sleep with someone doesn't mean they're your girlfriend or your boyfriend, or just because you do, even if they want to be your girlfriend or your boyfriend, that's not necessarily the best person. So to take, you know, two or three months to really get to know the person, get to know their values, make sure that they have the qualities that you are looking for in a long-term partner. I really wish I would have done that in my 20s. And also, you know, not to hide behind the technology. So a lot of people are looking for a pen pal, you know, they just want to text someone all day. They're not actually looking for like a real life person. So if somebody is sending you a lot of DMs and text messages, I would ask them to move that to a FaceTime or, you know, some kind of a Zoom where you can see the person and see if there's chemistry. And then once you see the person and kind of feel their energy, feel their vibe, if the chemistry is there and there's a good connection, then I would move that 
to an in-person coffee date. I wouldn't start with like a dinner date because that's two and a half hours, but a coffee date, 30 to 45 minutes. And then from there, move that to a lunch date and then to a dinner date and, you know, just to go slowly. So I would definitely encourage people to get away from their device, get them on a camera so you can see if you actually like the person. That's good practical advice. It sure is. Yeah. And people need to know those kind of things. This is stair-step advice, right? And you would think that we all know that. But, you know, when we're young, we make those mistakes. And even when you're older, then, you know, you kind of start getting desperate, right? And you think, okay, well, I've got to find somebody. I've got to find somebody. (laughs) And then you make those mistakes all over again sometimes. So I do know that choosing the right partner, you know, Michael and I met years ago, and you outed us, by the way. Did it. That was publicly. Did. I felt like the Barbara Walters of podcast hosts. <laughs> All that information that none other podcast hosts got out. I'm like, are you guys like a couple? So you guys are on your second or third marriage? Uh, second. Yeah. We're uh, just practice. It really didn't count. <laughs> it was just practice run. They lasted 20 years each, but they were just practice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to start our marriage. So yeah, I wish that I would have followed this advice before my starter marriage. I, I know second marriages are beautiful though, and we're all in beautiful second marriages. And that's part of life is, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, for hopefully, right? Yeah. Hopefully you live and you learn. You know, I've got a couple of friends that, you know, they borrowed from the Louis Grizzard and got the bumper sticker, you know, like honk if you've been married to this guy, you know, because so many. <laughs> <laughs> so many marriages. But. That's an expensive hobby. It's a very expensive hobby. I, I didn't see the need to go through that twice until I knew uh, that it was the right person. So here's a strange one for you. The best marriage advice or relationship advice that I ever got was from a guy who had actually been married five times. And he's, he said, would you like some advice? I know that sounds crazy coming from me. And I'm going... Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. I'll take that advice. He said, do not make any major decisions for two years. And he was absolutely right. Don't move for that person. Don't move in with that person. No major decisions for two years. And it's like, okay, I can do that. And I did do that. And it made all the difference in making the right decisions. Sure did. Yeah, that's great advice. I've heard one year go through all four seasons with the person. Mm-hmm years it's uh, for the second marriage definitely <laughs> for the first marriage you know if you're if that biological clock is ticking and you want to have a kid you might not have two years to wait but I'm true for sure <laughs> <laughs> so true so i gotta throw this in i know we're way off script here but this is such a good topic or whatnot but you know tanya and i sort of ran from the relationship that we actually felt was here i mean we were instant best friends and we worked together i actually hired her you know and but we worked together for years even in the brand face program then when that got going we were like well we don't want to mess that up with relational you know issues and problems and stuff but you know in the long run we could not run from what god had put together for us so we finally would just you know agreed that <laughs> we're not gonna let her we're ruin not, our business that's right <laughs> our brands were and if they weren't we could rewrite them that's yeah. true that's what we do <laughs> branding. 
<laughs> okay, so that brings us to the next question for you, Rebecca. Okay, so you came into our mastermind and, you know, rebranded because you were just fine tuning some things and realizing, okay, I've been doing these things which are going well, but these two things really are the things that I'm most interested in. So it was kind of like honing in that brand a little bit more, elevating it a little bit more, getting new, you know, imagery, things like that. Throughout that journey, what was the most eye-opening thing for you? Wow, there's so many. I think it was my new name because I went from success mentor to magnetic abundance mentor. And success is very general, but magnetic abundance really speaks into my philosophy of having abundance in seven areas of life and teaching women not to chase and push their energy, but to just get really happy and really balanced and aligned and draw opportunities and money relationship in. So that was huge. My new name. I loved my branding color, hot pink. I had it, but I wasn't just sharing a lot of visuals with it. I was just using it for my website. So that was big. And then with the hot pink was the wonderful imagery that you helped me pick out different profile pics and cover pics and beautiful imagery that actually showcases my brand. So people can pick it up in a second. And because of those two tiny little tweaks, just like you promised me at the beginning of the mastermind, now when people get on a call with me, I don't have to spend a lot of time sharing with them what my philosophy is and what I'm about. They already know it just through looking at my social. And that is just talk about putting somebody 10 or 20 steps ahead of the game that I was playing that really like set my business on fire. I'm glad to hear that. You know, that something that is very common that happens is we call it the disease of accomplishment, right? You've heard us say that, like Rebecca is like a prime candidate because you've accomplished so many things. You can do so many things and therefore you start doing all these things and you realize you're not really explaining the one thing that you do super, super well because you can do a lot of things well. And so honing that in and really being able to explain that in as few words as possible, that does help other people to dial that in before they even meet you in person. And that's really what a personal brand is about. It's meant to precede you so people get to know you and what you stand for before you even meet them. So I'm glad to hear that that is helping out in that arena because you want to spend that time face-to-face -face with somebody. If you're a coach, you know, you want to spend that time with them on what they want to accomplish. You don't really want to have to explain who you are and try to sell yourself on that call. Your brand should do that for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also I've had some really great press. I was in New York Weekly Magazine and I'm going to be coming out in Miami Magazine and I'm coming out in LA Weekly and having the sound bites and having my stage bio, I send that in to the person interviewing me and it just makes it so seamless for them to create a beautiful article. It helps them really like showcase me the way I want to be showcased. And they're just like, oh my God, this is like awesome information. They get me. They don't have to spend like a two hour interview with me on the phone and it just saves everyone time. And I have actually in the link in my bio, which I'll be sharing with your audience, the article in New York Weekly, you can kind of see 
the talking points that Tanya and Michael helped me create in their course. Well, congratulations, first uh, off. Absolutely. For all of that great press. And we know that's just the beginning. You already have accolades. This, that's what makes it so awesome. But congratulations on those things, because that's come about since you were in our mastermind, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Um, I thought so. Yeah. What I love about it, Rebecca, is there are a lot of people out there who are successful like you. You've accomplished so many cool things. You've helped so many people. And yet everybody gets to a point in their business where it's like, okay, let's step back for a moment. Let's work even smarter, not harder. Right. And I think that's a lot of what it's all about. Like you said, it's saving time. It's very articulate. It's to the point. It helps people understand better and preparing people the whole goal is by the time somebody gets on the phone with you as a coach, you want their decision to pretty much already have been made. It's just that little extra rapport. And once they get that, it's like, okay, I thought you were the right one. Let's do this, right? And that's what it sets you up to do if done the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so fun, like going to networking events and masterminds and saying, you know, a few sentences about me and my title, the Magnetic Abundance Mentor. People are like, oh, yeah, like they get it right away. Before they were kind of like, wait, what do you do? I'm so confused. Like you do so many things because I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur that loves to do a lot of things. And what I learned how to do in the mastermind was take all these little aspects of what I'm doing and kind of give them a cohesive brand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's not changing or taking things away from what you love to do. It's how you package those things and express those things so that you can still do what you love to do. But somebody on the other end, that ideal customer can really see instantly that you're a great fit. Yeah. And that brings me to a good question. Like, who is the best fit for your services? Yes, I'm looking for women between ages 35 and 55 who are stuck in their finances. Maybe they feel like they are in a job that's dead end. I help them get out of their dead end job and create a six-figure side hustle so they can eventually leave their job. A lot of business coaches want women to quit their job, max out their credit cards. And I feel that when women are in that fight or flight mode, they are not going to attract and magnetize. Like I teach them how to attract clients through magnetizing and through being in their feminine energy. They're going to be really pushing themselves and end up burned out. So I teach them to create a six-figure side hustle. I also teach women how to magnetize their soulmate in midlife and how to exit toxic relationships if they're in one. And if they're either way, whether they're starting a new relationship or exiting a toxic relationship to create a soulmate connection in midlife. And I've helped a lot of women. I'm really excited about both. In the last week, I had two huge wins. I had a client, Kendall, who created, uh, went from a single mom, three kids, three failed marriages to launching her real estate business. And she made multiple six figures in the last two months since working with me. And then I have another client who was in a lot of relationships with men that were actually breaking up with her and not emotionally available, not wanting long term. And now she's in a relationship with a very successful, healthy man who wants a long-term committed relationship. So those are the two areas that I love to help women with are romance and finance. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, very, I love that. very important things in life. Yeah, because one gives you confidence as an independent woman. And when you have confidence, you can live better in a relationship. 
you know, you shouldn't feel like you're dependent on either partner, right? Neither partner should feel like they're dependent on the other. That independence is something that is huge. And that relationship and finance goes perfectly together. And it wasn't, you didn't have to change anything about what you were doing to go through the branding process. You just fine-tuned how you expressed the brand. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And what type of relationship you guys have and the relationship that I have with my husband, Ben, I call that a power couple. And that is a relatively new paradigm because uh, women used to stay home and men would be the provider and or vice versa, or women were the provider Mm -hmm. and was at home. And just recently, I would say in the last 15 years, we've had power couples where both people in the relationship can earn money and bring a lot to the table as far as not just financial abundance, but they're transformed personal brands that are actualized and happy. And it's just a whole new paradigm. A lot of people up until 15, 20 years ago, they didn't even know that that existed. They just thought that you just married whoever would take you or whoever would, you know, bring you kids or pay your bills or you know, it's a whole a whole new reality that we're living in, and it's just so beautiful. It is. I got to agree with that. Tanya and I, on a personal level, you know, it, it came to both of us at different times, you know, that two halves don't make a whole. Two holes make a better whole, if that yeah. analogy worked. We did a lot of work on ourselves individually, even before we met each other, and then we were able to just complement each other in the things that we do. And I thank God for that every day, because it's a relationship that's empowering, not draining or unbalanced in either direction. So so true. And I'd like to tip my hat to Ben, by the way. I met him early on in our relationship and he was so, it is absolutely so supportive of you and everything you want to accomplish. And that's fantastic. So you tell him we said hello and thank you. I will. And it's so great to have a relationship with a man who wants me to shine and who supports my goals and dreams because I've had other relationships where the men that I was dating, they would feel threatened by it. And I would have to like downplay it and just kind of like hide my ambition or hide my big dreams and my vision for my life because I didn't want them to feel like diminished by it. And that's not what anybody wants. I mean, we want to be around friends and romantic partners and colleagues that want us to shine and that believe in our big dreams. And that is just, you know, that's why I love being friends with you guys, because you guys believe in my big dream and I believe in your big dream. And it's just such a better way to be in relationship with people. Agreed. hundred percent. hundred percent. I have to tell this funny story. So my sister, she's been married for 30 something years now. My brother-in-law's a great guy and they've raised two beautiful children, two boys, and they've been baseball players like their entire life, like from yeah. the time that they could walk, probably even before they had a ball in their hand. Great, fantastic ball players, right? One of them plays for college now, and the other one's in high school, and he's a freshman, but he's dressing out with a varsity and doing extremely well. And she used to tell him, girls were dream killers. <laughs> <laughs> and we would die laughing. Just, and if you knew my sister, it would make it even better because it's so funny, because she doesn't obviously believe that girls are dream killers, but she told her sons that early on so they wouldn't divert get distracted. and get distracted with the women, you know, when they got into high school and college and stuff like that. And now they're practically, one of them is a grown man and the other one is practically a grown man, right? And we sit at family reunions and stuff. We just laugh and laugh and laugh about that. 
yeah, mom used to say, girls are drink stay away from the girls are dream killers. <laughs> that kept them away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. We're winding down to the last three questions, Rebecca. All right. So it will have you back. So this is Absolutely. by no means the end. It's volume one. What one piece of advice would you give people about personal branding? Wow, there's so much I would tell them, but I would tell them to be authentic, that there shouldn't be a version of you at work, a version of you at play, a version of you with friends, a version of you, you know, on your job. Like your brand is you, it's your authentic you. And there should be continuity. So if you're a different way when you go live and a different way when you're at parties and a different way when you're talking to clients and a different way when you're at work, then that's not truly a brand. A brand is your authentic self expressed in whatever you do. Ah, Great advice. Could not have said it better. Bravo, bravo, yeah, bravo. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Yep. Now, question we ask all of our guests, if our listeners had the freedom to travel Anywhere in the world, where would you recommend they travel to and why? I just spent last fall on this beautiful, beautiful vacation, and it was Portugal and Spain. And we went to like 10 cities. I would say my top two were Lisbon, Portugal, and Barcelona, Spain. I loved Lisbon, Portugal, the architecture, the colors, the people, the climate. I mean, the sidewalks are black and white tiles and they're, I don't even know, probably from the 16 or 1500s and they're still beautifully preserved and it's near the ocean. So I would say Lisbon, Portugal, and I loved Barcelona, Spain because they have a neighborhood there called the Bjorn that is since medieval times. And the doorways are so short because people were so much shorter back then. And everything's just like intact from medieval times, from the 1300s. And again, it's on the water. The people are friendly. The food is great. It's both cities are relatively inexpensive compared to the United States. And their people are happy, friendly. The climate's great. So I would say Lisbon, Portugal, and Barcelona, Spain are my top two favorites. Ooh, those are great. Ones. I've never been to either and I would love to go. Yeah, they're on our list. Tanya actually wants to do the El Camino Santiago de Santiago. Yeah. And uh, so we've got it on our list. And I actually have a lifelong friend that they're in Portugal right now. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, do that long walk? Yes. <laughs> I'd like to do the full one and that takes about a month. But some people do it and they'll go, you know, every year and for like they'll do a 10 days at a time or a week at a time, split the trip up, but hit a different part of the walk all along the way. I'd love to take the whole month and do the whole thing. So we'll see. We'll see. It, I, we are definitely going. I don't know how long at one time, but I would love to do that. I saw it, first of all, on a documentary, and I'm trying to remember the man's name. It starts with a Y. It's very unusual name. I cannot remember it right now, but it was a documentary called A Walk With Dad. And he was a football player and he mm -hmm. took his father on the pilgrimage and it was very moving, lighthearted, loving, funny, but very moving. It was a great documentary. Fell in love with the whole concept of it and I've wanted to do it ever since. So can't are, you, are you a big hiker? Because isn't that like eight hours a day of walking? Yes, it is. And I love to walk. I love it more than anything else. So I enjoy it. So that's a no brainer for me. How many steps a day do you walk, Tanya? Well, don't ask me that question live, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
relationship. Yeah. Yeah. At home, I try to stick it around 10,000 a day. But if I'm out like on an actual hike or something, I'll usually end up with about 15 on a particular day like that, you know. So I try to get in around 10 a day. I can't say I've done that recently, <laughs> 10 a day, but here and there, I've got to still outwalk me, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm puffing after 10 steps. I can walk she's, forever. She's still getting it after 10,000, so. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, 10,000 steps is five miles. So if you're doing that, you know, even that's a few times a week, that, that's a really big accomplishment. It helps. It clears my brain. A whole lot. It's not just for the physical benefits of it. It literally clears my brain so I can think better, right? And speaking of think better, okay, we'll leave with this, Rebecca. You're doing something new called a weekly women's circle. Please tell everybody about it and maybe how they can become part of that before we let you go today. Yeah. So I had so many clients that graduated from my program and were wanting to stay in touch and love the community of women. And finally, I said, you know what? I don't want the training to end. When the program ends, I want to stay in touch with these women and keep cheering them on and supporting them. And I also want new women to be able to come in and kind of experience my coaching to see if they're a good fit for one-on-one. So I am starting tomorrow a weekly women's circle. It's going to be Tuesdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Pacific time. And I will give Tanya a link where you can jump on. It's a Zoom. You can tune in from anywhere in the world. You can get community, accountability, spirituality. You can get tips, tools, and strategies and all seven pillars of abundance. And I can't wait to see you in the women's circle. Uh, Rebecca, I'm going to join you one day or maybe more than one day. Yes, I would love to see you there. And then I also wanted to offer your wonderful audience my abundance journal which has completely changed my mindset from negative to positive and will help you just set your day on the right note or end your day. You can do it either in the morning as a morning practice or an evening practice. And it's just a journal that will help you reframe your day, learn from your wins, learn from other people's wins, and just keep you positive and walking toward your dream. Oh, couldn't end on a nicer note. Two great gifts. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for just being you. We adore you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you for everything that you've taught me about personal branding. Brought to you by BrandFace, the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.